Welcome, everyone, back to the Culture Encounters podcast. I'm your host, Chad Ombi. And uh, this week, we are starting the first episode of a new series that I'm very excited about, entitled Road Trip. As you know, here at Culture Encounters, we love to talk about uh, different cultures and everything. And uh, for Road Trip, I thought it would be cool to talk about the different unique experiences and cultural experiences is possible to be found in each state in the United States of America. Uh, that's right. Perfect in time for the summer. So we're going to um, actually begin uh, our um, road trip podcast by talking about two different states. Uh, part one of this is going to be about Hawaii. We're starting with the last state first. That's right. Uh, because why not? Uh, and then we're going to talk about Missouri a little bit and just the different experiences possible in Missouri, the different cultural encounters possible in Hawaii. So uh, this will be a two-part episode. Part one will be Hawaii. Part two will be Missouri. Um, and we're going to be um, talking to Caitlin Eddy, um, someone I've known for, gosh, forever. Um, you know, uh, we would have met briefly in high school and then again in college. Um, but uh, she's awesome, and I can't wait to talk to her about the experiences she's had. So um, let's go ahead and start with Hawaii, and then I'll bring her in. So some fun facts about Hawaii. Um, it was the last state to join the Union in 1959. It was first settled by the Polynesians. Um, the state flower is yellow hibiscus. Um, the state bird, I believe I'm saying it correctly, is the Nine Goose. Um, the state motto is the life of the land is preserved in righteousness. And the state food, uh, according to one website, is actually the coconut muffin. Uh, I actually, I would have thought it was like, uh, I, the, the thing you always hear about is spam, but apparently it is the coconut muffin. Um, I was surprised by that. I did not know that. So that was something learned that I, something new I learned in my research. So we're going to go ahead into, again, I've never been to Hawaii. I would like to one day. Um, but since I've never been there, it's always really cool to talk to someone who has either lived in the state, is from the state, or has spent significant time in the state. So we're going to bring in Caitlin right now. Hey, Caitlin, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for being here. Uh, yeah. Thank you for doing this. This is awesome. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, when did you live in Hawaii? Um, and what made, um, uh, yeah, what, what made you, um, let's not do what made you yet. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, what, um, so when did you live in Hawaii? How long did you live in Hawaii? How old were you when you lived in Hawaii? And we'll just kind of start there. Cool. So we moved to Hawaii when I was in fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? Like 10, maybe 11? Yeah. 10, 11, yeah. Yeah, so my dad was in the military. We got stationed there, and um, it's just one of it's one of the places we live that made a huge impact because it's like you're getting into like your preteen years. It's kind right. of old to remember a bunch of things that like happened and like all the different culture. So it was just something that really impacted me as a kid. Um, we lived there from when I was ten, and then most of middle school, and then the end of middle school is when we moved to Virginia. So I spent like three, three and a half years there. Um, 
and on a military base. So that probably makes my experience a little bit different too. We weren't like, um, in like civilian life, we were on a military base, but I feel like my parents, at least my mom did a really good job of trying to expose us to local culture. And, um, we also made really good friends with like a local family that I'm still friends with. Um, so that impacted a lot too, like having, being friends with somebody who was local and grew up there. That's awesome. Um, what island did you guys live on? Lived on Oahu. Okay. Bowfield Barracks, which is like smack dab in the middle. Got you. Okay, cool. So, um, so you guys were military. Um, so that meant that you, um, you know, are used to traveling a lot. So, uh, my question about that is, was there uh, ever a sense of urgency for you to be like, okay, I need to experience as much of, of Hawaii as I can. Cause I know this probably isn't gonna, I'm probably not going to be here forever. Um, or what was that something that really kind of that you, you know, is that an experience you had growing up in a military family where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be here forever. So I might, I need to experience as much as possible now, or was that not really something on your radar? I think it was so normal for us to move as kids because we lived the longest we ever lived somewhere was like three years. So it was one to three anywhere we were stationed. So we were very used to like, this is where we're living now. This is going to be a little bit. And then we're just going to go somewhere else. Right. I think Hawaii was the biggest change for us. So it was the most shocking culturally and just, um, yeah, I think like school was so different because the culture is so ingrained in everything there, even on base. So everything was so different that we were kind of in culture shock for a while. And as kids, like I was old enough to get that, um, like Hawaii wasn't this, like, I don't know. My brother and sister, I just remember them having this idea of like, are we going to live in a hut? (laughs) Right. No. Cause they were a lot younger. And I remember my brother was like, well, how are we going to get there? It's like an ocean away. Are we gonna have to like get on a boat? Like, no, we fly. It is it is very like modern. I don't know yeah, why they yeah. had the idea that we were gonna wear hula skirts and like have to it's make like our almost own. like a stereotype. Yeah. Right. So it was it was definitely I just remember as a kid getting off the plane and being like, This is so different. Just the the flowers and the nature as soon as you get off the plane is so different from anywhere I'd lived in the U S and so that was the biggest shock first. And then the Hawaiian people are just so like friendly and, and how they greet you is so different from, and like the mainland. So it was, yeah, huge culture shock. But as a kid, we were just like in the moment absorbing it. Didn't right. care. going to be a year or three years. It was, yeah, we were very in the now. Um, now did, uh, where did you live right before Hawaii? Kansas for 10 months. That is, I would imagine that is not the same. <laughs> no, so much better because Kansas uh, is like middle of nowhere. Right. You know, it and it wasn't like that much different from, I don't even remember where we were before that, Louisiana. And like, we lived mostly like Southern US. So it was all mm-hmm. kind of the same. Right. And then right. we like transplanted to Hawaii and then, yeah, went back to Southern US. So. So is like you were almost. I wonder if it was almost like a Dorothy Oz experience going from Kansas to to Hawaii, where it's like, oh, this is black and white now. This is like a world in color. Uh, that's it crazy. Does feel like a world of color because everything is literally so colorful. The flowers, like everything, is so vibrant and green and blue, and the people mm-hmm. I feel like are so vibrant, and everybody's and, just and, 
there. Whereas like in Kansas, I feel like nobody was really happy to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe more quiet. I wonder about that too, because one of the things that um, was mentioned in uh, my research was it is the state where the most people identify as more than one ethnicity. Um, Mm -hmm. People identify as, um, from what I was seeing, more than any other state, um, they identify, the people identify as multicultural. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something that you would have experienced, um, you know, because we... In America, we are very, people are very prideful about um, right or wrong being American. Like that is the the cultural identity of, of many people they identify as American, which is, you know, almost kind of a misnomer because we are a country of multi, of so many different cultures. And, right. and Hawaii is the, is a, I'm a Hawaiian and then American for a lot of people, or is it kind of just like an amalgamation of both? It's, I, I don't remember as much patriotism being so like in your face as it is like on the mainland. Um, I, and when, like immediately what I thought of when you mentioned the multicultural, uh, there's a huge Asian influence. So a huge Japanese influence. Right. Uh, There's a lot of like Japanese culture within. So there's, um, also Hawaiian and other Polynesian cultures. Samoan is big. Um, I'm trying to think what other cultures were big. Hawaiian, Samoan, Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, and other like Asian, a- a- Asian like subcultures. So it's it's a big mixing pot of all of those things to the point where they have their own like street language called Pidgin, which is a Ooh. mashup of Hawaiian and Samoan and Japanese and just words and other languages put together. Um, I don't know pigeon. I know there were certain words that we used from pigeon. So like for the longest time, my, my auntie who was Hawaiian and Samoan um, that we met there with it, like she would, instead of saying like, go to the bathroom, they would say shishi, which is P in Japanese. And so oh, like, wow little words were like I'm trying to think of other ones that there would be like little Hawaiian words that you'd use. You'd be speaking English, but then dotted in were Hawaiian, Samoan, Japanese words too. Um, That's really like a way of speaking too. So if you heard somebody like actually speaking pidgin, it's so hard to keep up with you. Like, yeah, it's even if you know English, like you're, there's so many different words being thrown in. It's really hard to keep up with. Um, and super cool just how all the different cultures mash together and impact. Do they speak, so like pigeon is, that's a combination of like Polynesian, Hawaiian, and, and Japanese? Japanese? I'm trying to think if there was any other Asian, I just remember there being huge Japanese influence. Right. I'm sure there were other Asian languages and other Asian cultures that were prevalent. I just remember like Japanese being really, really right. strong. Um yeah, but also English. So like English and then all these other words dotted in. Um, right. But it was also like a street language. So there was also like um, like slang terms and stuff also mm. in that. And so it's, the, it's its own language there that if you were born and raised in Hawaii, you grew up knowing pidgin and speaking pidgin like on the street. Um, nobody. Were- sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I never, you you didn't ever, like, walk out and hear people just speaking straight Hawaiian or straight Samoan, really. 
you mm-hmm. it was either like English or pidgin. You didn't, or like, you hear a lot of tourists speaking different languages because there's a huge tourism, um, right. obviously in Hawaii. But yeah, yeah, you never walked in anywhere and were like, I d- at least as a kid, I don't remember. Maybe in stores, like family-owned stores, you would hear people speaking their like native language, but. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something where if you're like going to Germany, you're going to hear a lot of people speaking German or Italy. It, it's not as much that everybody speaks English. So um, now what about my, my next question is, uh, you know, you grew up there or you were you spent time in Hawaii during very important years in someone's childhood. You know, adolescence is so everything is so um, formed during those times about, you know, you as a person. So how would you Shay? How would you Shay say that uh, growing up around such a unique cultural um, experience shaped you, and as you were growing up, how did that influence you as far as how you see the world? You know how you interact with people. Weirdly, I think it's a lot of like how I interact and with just like day to day life stuff. I noticed when I moved to Virginia, like one of the things that is super, super important why is you never wear your shoes in the house because mm. the soil is really, really rich in red clay and mm-hmm. it ruins and stains everything. So number one, you don't ruin like whoever's house. And it's just like a respect thing too. Even if your shoes aren't dirty, you never wear your shoes in the house. It doesn't matter if you're like an HVAC technician coming to fix somebody's air conditioning. If you're there to clean somebody's house, it doesn't matter. You don't wear your shoes in anyone's house. And mm-hmm. so when I moved like to Virginia, I remember as soon as I went over to somebody's house, I would take my shoes off and people thought that was so weird. Really? And it was just something that like, I still do now, you know, I'm yeah. like, where do I put my shoes? Like, you don't have right. to take your shoes off, you know? Um, <laughs> so things like that I've noticed have just stuck um, there are different words that I say differently because I was raised in the South a lot. And like, my parents are from Virginia. So mm-hmm. there are words that I say that are more Southern, but then there are words like my auntie, I call her my, my auntie, but like more Southern people, I think would say aunts, like their aunts. Yeah. Right. Nanny, their their aunts. Yeah. So, um, there are certain words that I say that are more like, that's more of a Hawaiian, you would say aunt, um, in Hawaii, what do they call soda? Is it soda in Hawaii? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's pop. Right. Because like I know uh, like my, my girlfriend's family, they're all from Ohio, so it's pop. Everything is pop. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what you're drinking. Whereas like, you know, growing up in Virginia my whole life, it was, it soda. was soda. Yeah. And then like in some places, everything is Coke. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what you're drinking. It's a Coke. And that's the weird part about living on a uh, a military base too is so you're being impacted by the culture of where you live, but then you're also Mm -hmm. being impacted by the culture of the people that you're on base with and living close to. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you because it's like, I'm trying to remember like my, my cousins or my auntie, what they would say. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't remember. I think just because there's so much, like, I remember our neighbors were from Kansas, our people across the street were like, Remember they were Northerners and they spoke as like when I was a kid, they spoke so differently than anything I'd ever heard. Right. So, I don't um, remember. It, yeah, I don't remember. And that's amazing to me that like, you know, there's so many different places in, you know, the United States, but culturally there's so many differences. And that's kind of the mission statement really of this podcast. Uh, so now we're going to talk about food. Uh, 
my favorite thing. Um, so uh, I know. So the state uh, food they said was uh, um, coconut muffins. Have you ever had a coconut muffin? No. And I, when I was listening to you say that, I was like, "It is." There's so many other things I could have listed to be yeah. this food, and that I can't say I've ever even seen a coconut muffin. I don't remember as a kid ever even like hearing about that. That's so, crazy. I wonder well, if that's, I wonder if my source is, is incorrect there. Uh, Cause I would have thought either but, something pineapple related or like spam and eggs. I or, would have thought it would have been like halpia or, or like, um, or, oh my gosh, why can I not think of what it is? Um, what is halpia? Halpia is like a coconut, um, like, uh, not jello, but kind of like coconut jello. That makes it sound gross, but it's like, it, it's like um, coconut and sugar, and it's made into this like jello like consistency. Almost and like a custard. So, yeah, but like more like formed like a jello. Got you. But it's so good. It sounds so weird. Um, it's so delicious. And so one of the things we used to get a lot and that's really big out there is chocolate halpia pie. So it's a pie and then like a chocolate custard and then the halpia on top. So it's chocolate and coconut. And it is amazing. It's so good. Um, I'm trying to think of the other thing that I was that um, it's going to kill me now that I can't think of what it is. It's made out of taro root and it's purple and people think of it when they think of Hawaii. Um Made out of carob root, you said? Taro root. Oh, ta- oh, okay, got you. Well, why can't I not think what it's called? It's, like, so stereotypical Hawaiian. Like, I would think that would be. So, like, say you were going to your to your auntie's house um, mm-hmm. in, in Hawaii, and they're, like, serving guests for dinner. What would yeah. be a dish that they would serve? Kalua pork is a big one that, like, sticks out to me that I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically just, like... Um, shredded pork over rice with like a gravy delicious amazing um sometimes they would have like um a seasoning over top of it like a seaweed seasonings kind of like a japanese influence thing i remember they served it at our school which oh i loved i loved cool pork days um so like they would incorporate even like local food too into our military on yeah did you go to school on the base yeah, um, they didn't have they didn't have a middle school on our base, so we had to get driven over to the Air Force base, I think. And then if I went to high school there, you actually go to the local high school, which I kind of feel like I missed out on doing that. But sure. yeah, all the military kids got to go like hang out with all the local kids, which you don't really get as much on a military base um, unless they live super close to base. So. Uh- Got you. So my last question about Hawaii would be if if somebody is going to Hawaii and they have one day to spend there, what would be the one thing or one thing that you would tell them you absolutely have to do this? I feel like it would be super silly to go to Hawaii and not just go watch the sunset on the beach somewhere, like a good local cool. beach. There's so many cool beaches with different nature like cool nature spots waterfalls hikes if you go to hawaii and you don't go on a hike and just enjoy the nature of the island you're missing out so like forget all of the the resorts and the tourist destinations and go on like a good hawaiian hike and see all the different 
views and the the flowers and the plants and oh, the Hawaiian air is just so much nicer than any other air. So nature, just go go experience everything in nature. That sounds amazing. So you guys heard it heard it here, uh, folks. Go go on a nature hike. Go go watch a sunset on a beach. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm.